Hello to all of you unconventional conventionists. Welcome back to Rocky Talkie. I'm Nikki. I'm Aaron. And I am John. Guys, it is so good to be back. I don't know if you remember, but last week I was exploring the wildlife in Papua New Guinea. Did you guys know that they've got poisonous birds down there? Poisonous like they'll sting you? No, that's venomous. If something is venomous, it'll sting you and you'll die. If something is poisonous, you'll die if you eat it. Don't eat the birds in Papua New Guinea, folks. They will fuck your shit up. Wait, hold on. Didn't you say that you were hunting for treasure in Argentina? Snitches get stitches, John. Maybe you shouldn't ask so many questions. Uh, Nikki wasn't here last week? Dude, what? Jacob hosted the entire show for us. Am I having a stroke here? Uh, that's why she sounded so different. Anyway, I'd like to give Jacob a huge shout out for covering for me. On the on the show, that is, obviously. Um, what what else would it be? What did you guys do this week, guys? Oh, this week was a lot more a house stuff for us. No, I'm not going to use that the same this week. This week, we had a new exciting thing happen. Our fridge exploded. Yay! What? Yep, just in time for us to sell the house, we have to replace the fridge. What the fuck do you mean it exploded? Well, it didn't explode. More like it just kind of plunked and uh, no longer keeps anything cold. In fact, somehow, it manages to keep the things that are inside of it warmer than the outside room that it is sitting in. So, doing some shopping and hoping and praying that I can find a fridge that matches it because we already sold the damn thing. So, oh that's my how my God. week's going. Yeah, yeah, it's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. Uh, this week has been pretty frustrating. I'm in the process of trying to get a, uh, a new CPU for my computer and it was supposed to be delivered to my apartment complex, but my apartment complex sucks and lost it. So I had to get a refund, so I'm waiting for it. But then we just got an email saying that we have a bunch of packages down in our package room that we have to go get. And I don't know where my CPU is. I'm really, really hoping that I just got a refund and then it's sitting down in the package room so that I got a free i9 CPU. But we'll see. So my week has the potential of being absolutely fantastic. We're also in the process of moving. So we're we're viewing apartments around the area. And we found a, we saw a bunch of really cool apartments earlier today. So there's a lot of like cool things that are happening right now. So we're just kind of laying in wait. That's really exciting. Hectic. Sounds hectic all around. Extremely <laughs> hectic. But when is post-pandemic life not hectic, right? Yeah. True. How's your hectic week going, Nikki? Well, you know, after I got back from the trip, I was kind of like jet lagged a little bit and really exhausted. But, you know, I just got right back into work. Um, and uh, what is it? What's today? I don't even know. On Sunday, uh, FNS and I were able to finally film a new pre-show that we've been working on. And we're going to be submitting it to Tesseract Con. We're very excited. And then we're going to be debuting it at our show this Friday. And I'm so excited. I've been editing with it all night and playing around. And it's just like, it's so nice to be back making videos again. I feel like a human person again. <laughs> were you really in South America? Yeah. Yes, Aaron. That's. Do you not remember when I asked you to help me expedite my passport? Did you bring me back a chalupa? Yes, Aaron, I did. Yay, Chalupa! Yay! That shit's probably cold as hell right now. Well, his fridge exploded, not his microwave. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, let's get started with our first segment. 
we're starting off this week with a bit of sad news. Graham Matters, one of the original cast members of the first Australian production of the Rocky Horror Show, passed away a few weeks ago on May 7th at the age of 72. The first Australian run of Rocky Horror debuted April 19, 1974 and ran for 18 months, closing October 4, 1975. Graham played Rocky during this production, and judging by the photos we were able to hunt down on the Oz Rocky Horror website, he did such a phenomenal job. Yeah, there are some really cute photos of him up on that site. I mean, he's just being a hottie on stage, covered in glitter. Like, one of the things about the Australian production of the stage show is that it was a really big departure, particularly in how Frank was portrayed. Reg Livermore, who portrayed Frank in the Australian version, really took a different attitude than what Tim Curry had. And you could see that all through the rest of the cast that had to adapt to this really grungy, different kind of Frank that wasn't quite so glamorous glamorous as the Frank that Tim portrayed on stage. But in these photos, Graham looks awesome, and you can totally tell he's having a great time up there. Outside of Rocky, Graham made a number of appearances in Australia TV and media such as Oz, Hard Knuckle, and The Adventures of Bottle Top Bill and His Best Friend Corky. Say that three times fast. That three times fast. Ayy. So Graham leaves behind his wife Wolf and their two children Charlotte and Ace. We here at Rocky Talkie wish them all the best in this difficult time. We'd also just like to thank Graham for being part of our Rocky Horror family. We'll see you on the other side. On to some brighter news. We have a repeat headliner from last week, Orea Duba. The soon-to-be Brad of the upcoming UK tour of Rocky recently did an interview with Michael Ball (laughs) on his self-titled BBC radio show. Yeah, and we got some awesome stuff from the interview. The cast's first full rehearsal with the whole cast and crew just happened this past Monday, June 29th, and tech rehearsal is supposed to begin in just two weeks. It turns out, Ori was actually a sportscaster and news presenter in the UK, appearing on a bunch of programs from 2008 when he joined NewsRound, which is a BBC children's news program, until 2016, when he competed in and won the 14th series of Strictly Come Dancing. During this interview, we also got to take a look into Aduba's personal life for the first time. His shift into theater was a major career turning point for Ore, which Michael Ball really focused in on, even going so far as to say, this wasn't what you were meant to be doing in life, was it? And in the best analogy for joining the Rocky Cold I've ever heard, Ore replied, you take the red or the blue pill, and I took the rainbow-colored one. (laughs) (laughs) Aduba also talked about how he performed all throughout his childhood, trying out for every school performance he could, but that part of himself was something that he sort of muted in adulthood. Ultimately, it ended up taking his performance on Strictly Come Dancing to rekindle the performer in him and bring him back to the stage. Finally, Ball congratulated Ore and his wife Portia on their second child that they're expecting. They've got one little guy named Roman, and they're all really excited for baby number two. Aww. One one of my favorite Rocky memories was back when our former cast directors, Ron and Hillary, uh, brought their son Will to the show in a teeny little Brad outfit. So adorable. Baby Brad. Baby Brad. That kid's 18 now. <laughs> I don't know anyway, Ore, if you're listening, why? But secondly, invest in tiny Rocky gear for your little pals. Trust me, it will not disappoint. And I mean, hey, do it for the gram. 
We're sending all the good juju to Ori and his family as they welcome their new little one into the world. And we wish Ori and his castmates all the broken legs as they head into rehearsal. We would be totally remiss if we didn't mention the other star of the interview, Michael Ball, who made his own Rocky Splash this week by time warping on Twitter to celebrate his 59th birthday. Yay! (laughs) Now, not only does Michael have his own BBC radio show, he has a resume that's absolutely stuffed to the brim with all sorts of theatrical and performative conquests. Being a pretty flamboyant performer in his own right, he too has you guessed it, been involved in the Rocky Horror Show. In 2006, he shared the spotlight with Anthony Head as the two of them split the role of Frankenfurter for the Tribute Show charity concert. The Tribute Show, hosted by Richard O'Brien, raised money for Amnesty International. The performance was staged at the Royal Court Theater, where Rocky originally premiered in 1973, and the cast list was absolutely star-studded. Most notably, Patricia Quinn played the role of the usherette, and Nell Campbell even made a guest appearance. But Michael has been involved in so much more than just Rocky. At the age of 23, he made his West End debut when he performed as Marius in the original London production of Les Mis, and in 1989, he reached number two in the UK singles chart with Love Changes Everything, which is a song from another musical that he performed in, Aspects of Love. More recently, April 24th, 2020, he was number one on the UK singles chart with a cover of You'll Never Walk Alone. With 82,000 sales, it was the fastest selling single of 2020. In 1992, Ball represented the UK in the Eurovision Song Contest, and he finished second with One Step Out of Time. He has twice won the Laurence Olivier Award for Best Actor in a Musical. Lastly, and certainly not least, during the Queen's 2015 Birthday Honors, which is an event for the Crown to Honor Award and Highlight Good Deeds, Michael was appointed Officer of the Order of the British Empire, which is a lot of ofs, an award on the same level of knighthood. Ooh, fancy. Fancy (laughs) schmancy. I mean, that just goes to show you, Ball is an absolutely storied artist with way more accomplishments than we have time to dig into here, but... Man, he'd be a blast to do a deep dive into sometime down the road. For now, you can get your fill of Michael Ball listening to his radio show on BBC Radio 2, Sunday mornings at 11. We hope you had a wonderful birthday, Michael. Thanks for joining us in a celebratory time warp. Why the fuck did you have me say that? Last up in global news, we're excited to announce that Tim Curry will be hosting a GalaxyCon virtual meet and greet on Saturday, July 31st at 2 p.m. Eastern, which is when I am moving. (laughs) That's right. This July, you too can have a chat with our favorite sweet transvestite for the low, low cost of only $145 for a single minute. Or, if you would like to double your time and save some big bucks, you can purchase a two-minute chat for only $225. That's $65 in savings right there. That's money you can take right to the bank. And if that's not enough, Tim will also be selling all sorts of autographed items, personalized photos, Funko Pops, Rocky posters of various sizes and designs. Plus, if you've got something special you'd like for Tim to sign, he'll also be offering a send-in option where you can send him any photo or piece of memorabilia you like and have him autograph it to you. That's all the information we've got for this upcoming Galaxy Con at the moment, but we'll definitely be keeping you guys posted as they add more info. This event is over a month away, and this con has been doing lots of Rocky-centric events lately, so stay tuned. There may even be more to come in the next few weeks. 
And one more little note that we want to throw out here. We want to wish a big ol' happy birthday to none other than Sal Pirro. That's right, Sal Pirro, former president of the Rocky Horror Picture Show fan club, the man responsible for keeping the entire cult going for over 45 years. Obviously, we wouldn't have a lot of sources for Nikki Asks a Question without him, and the community would just not exist. So, to Sal, happy birthday, man. Have a good one. And with that, let's move on to community news. First up in community news, Mark Jabara and Tony Pazuzu have been working on a really entertaining new section to the Oz Rocky Horror website, Home Media. What, like DVDs and shit? Yeah, when you say it like that, it doesn't quite capture the magnitude of all the info they've added. They've got the full box art and all the deets for what seems like every single Super 8, VHS, and Laserdisc version of Rocky anyone has ever been able to own. You've got to remember, there have been multiple versions of these released all over the world, sometimes more than once. The VHS section alone takes a solid 10 minutes to scroll through just looking at the pictures, and that's not even reading any of the information they've compiled about each release. I've got to say, if you're even remotely interested in Rocky history, the VHS page is worth a scroll. Some of the box art is really funny to look at. For example, the UK 1984 VHS release features an image of Frank with Riff on his right side and a blonde woman dressed in lingerie on his left. We have no idea who she is. A blonde woman in lingerie. Is that Janet? Uh, You'd think, right? But... Uh, Janet and Brad are on the back of the box, and in that picture, Janet has red hair, and Brad's wearing stripes? This is a confusing box. That's what she said. Hey. Maybe it's a throwback to the Usherette. Like She is dressed in lingerie and seems pretty into Frank. I could see a Trixie wearing that outfit. These are the questions that keep me up all night. But can, can we talk about the 1991 French VHS, where the VHS box includes a little prop bag set? It's in one of those, like, plastic VHS holders, and above the movie are these little holes in the plastic that contain a lips pin, a tiny little Ziploc baggie of rice, a, a pink lab scene glove, and a black fishnet gauntlet? Why? 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 <laughs> Why? <laughs> I love the implication that not only would a home viewer need these props for home use, but that you'd keep them stored with the movie to break out when you wanted to watch. (laughs) Honey, let's watch Rocky Horror tonight. I'll grab a broom and you lay down some newspapers so that we don't lose too much of our prop bag rice when we throw it around in our living room. Do you want the gauntlet or the glove this time? Kinky? One last one, okay? The Brazilian 1995 VHS. This thing is bright fucking green. And, oh my god, I hate it with every fiber of my being. It feels so wrong. (sighs) Anyway, these are just a few of our faves. There are so many more on the site, and honestly, they are a ton of fun to look at. Mark and Tony are in the process of adding the DVD and Blu-ray sections as we speak, so keep an eye out for those two if you're interested. Also, Oz Rocky Horror is just a great site. We highly recommend checking it out. 
Go take a look. It's over at OzRockyHorror.com. We'll have it linked for you, you guessed it, in our show notes. Check it out. Up next, we've got some updates from Staycation Con. First up is a reminder to our listeners that talent show and pre-show submissions are due on Thursday, July 1st, which is the day this episode drops. So if you're listening and are maybe the sort of person to put stuff off to the last minute, this is your reminder to send in your videos. We want to see them. Our friends want to see them. Don't forget. Uh, We've also received word that shock treatment casting has been decided and is in its final confirmation stages. I believe finalized cast list for Rocky and Shocky should also be going up in the staycation group on Thursday, July 1st. That's the day this episode drops. So definitely keep an eye out for that little dopamine drop today. We here at Rocky Talkie have really been looking forward to it. So our breath will be nice and baited too. And speaking of baiting, gather around the campfire, gents, because it's time for another installment of Big Dick Storytime, the segment where our listeners get to slap their magnum dongs on the proverbial table so everyone in the community can gaze in awe at how shockingly massive it is. Our first story today comes in from Gretchen, who runs at Rocky Horror TikTok and was kind enough to shout us out in a recent post. Gretchen threw back to our story from a few episodes ago where Aaron talked about the audio malfunction at YinsCon in 2018, where the movie audio went out during the All-Star show, so the entire audience stopped doing callbacks and started reciting the lines of the actual movie so the actors could keep the show going. Yeah, I remember that. That was a little while ago. Uh, Gretchen shared a freaking awesome story about how she and some friends were at a drive-in show a couple weeks ago with two friends who were super unfamiliar with the movie, but who both knew Gretchen, like us, was a major Rocky nerd. The three of them were sat near the performers, but it was outside, so it was difficult to hear the audio. After being there a while and not being able to make out the words, one of her friends turned to her and said, Gretchen, can you say the lines of the movie because I can't hear and I don't know what's going on. So for the rest of the movie, Gretchen recited the entire script to her friends along with the film. Damn! Way to go, Gretchen. I can't fucking imagine trying to absorb all the weird shit going on at your first ever Rocky experience with the Shadowcast at a drive-in and you can't make out the words? Like, all of that put together sounds so chaotic. Good for you for saving the night for your friends. Occasionally, our nerddom comes in handy, doesn't it? Congratulations on having this week's ginormous schlong, and thank you for the TikTok shout-out. We absolutely love getting to hear from all of you on social media. If you guys want to check out Gretchen's TikTok, we'll have it linked for you in our show notes. Also, fun fact, I'm pretty sure that this was the Sweet Translucent Dreams drive-in show that took place on June 20th. That's the one where RHPS Buffalo and New York City guest performed. So, Gretchen, you probably saw some of our cast out there. Yay! Yay! Now, speaking of drive-ins, I've got a couple of big dick stories to share with you all this week. Not that my tiny penis can compete with Gretchen's plus-sized salami, but NYC is finally coming out of our cage and we be doing just fine. So, a couple of weeks ago, actually, rewind to 2020 around Halloween, we really desperately wanted to get a show together. So, I put out feelers to every drive-in movie theater in New York City, and yes, there are quite a few of them. Who fucking knew? And all the rooftop movies that are in, you know, like, the ritzy, gentrified areas in Brooklyn to see if they wanted to have us at a show. 
one of them that I actually had a call with was the Skyline Drive-In, and they were like, you know what, COVID precautions kind of making me feel icky about this. Maybe, like, we, we probably shouldn't be doing that. And, like, fair. I get it. No big deal. They had reached out to us about two, two and a half weeks ago, and they were like, hey, you want to do a show with us? And I was like, yes, please. So I went down there. We scoped out the area. There was a few things that were kind of iffy about the location because it's gigantic. There's no area to change. But we're Rocky Horror. We can make anything work. So we got everything good and approved on our end. We sign on for a show for the 26th at 9 o'clock. They had no lights for us. We had to go out and buy these like dinky little floodlights and hope that it was going to be enough to light us. We set them up and we were like, oh no. Me and my lighting person for the evening, Chloe, we were like, this isn't going to work. They're not going to be able to see us. We're just going to kind of have to do what we can. But as the sun went down and as the skyline went up, the floodlights actually worked really, really well. Uh, obviously the place was gigantic, so the people all the way in the back clearly couldn't see us, but we brought so much electrifying energy to this show that nobody cared whether or not they saw us. They got out of their cars and came all the way up to the front. They went into the area that was only seating and they sat and they actually pulled their chairs over so that they could see us better. The staff was absolutely incredible. I was talking with the electrician for the evening and I was in touch with the security guy for the evening to make sure that we were complying with all of their protocols and procedures. I hosted the show from the sunroof of one of our cast members' cars and all of the cast took out their cell phones and lit them so that I could be seen in the middle in the dark. They had a PA system. I did all my announcements over that. The show was incredible. We had no props at all, just personal hand props that the, each individual character brought. We didn't even have a wheelchair for Dr. Scott. We didn't have a tank. We didn't have a weight rack. We just improvised. We used a picnic table for the tank. We used stanchion barriers that they just kind of had left over for the elevator. It was a magical DIY Rocky show. We had a standing ovation at the end. It was difficult for security to kick people out for their midnight movie that they were showing because everyone just wanted to stand around and talk to us. It was a absolutely magical fucking evening. Honestly, I think it was probably because we haven't performed in a year and a half, but that was hands down the best Rocky show I think I have ever seen in the past four years. It was amazing, and if any of the NYC cast is listening to this, Thank you all so much for being absolute fucking rock stars on Saturday. It was incredible. Y'all made me so proud. Each and every performer brought their A-game. Our crew and our costume techs were incredible. Everyone rolled with the punches. It was what Rocky is supposed to fucking be. I cannot sing the praises of how great this show was. I wish Aaron, Meg, Nikki, I wish all of you were there to have seen the show. It was unreal also for anyone who is interested in the next couple weeks we will have uh professional pictures uploaded to the website mycrhps.org because there was actually a professional photographer who was just kind of there and he was like i'll take pics for you and we were like dope so he's going through and like editing them and stuff and for some of the pictures that we have seen he is incredible so like y'all gonna see this stuff i really hope that i can revisit this and kind of make this a recurring area because everyone had such a great time and they almost sold out too. And it's a gigantic area. So that was a pat on the back for us. So great show. 
amazing, incredible. I had such a fantastic time. It really did my heart good to see Rocky Horror be brought back to New York City after almost a year and a half of being dead. Man, I am so fucking jealous. That sounds so awesome. Sounds like way better time than dealing with an exploding fridge. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely was. I would say that. I have to ask, yeah. what did you do for Dr. Scott? So our cast member Nick was casted as Dr. Scott, and I told him a couple days before the, sh the show that they had no wheelie chair, and Nick's response was, I'll make it work. Literally what he did was he dressed as Dr. Scott, and when he had the entrance in, he literally just walked on the stage when Dr. Scott is getting pulled around by the magnet, and when he gets put in front of the transducer with Brad and Frank, he just sat down on a chair. Oh. And then when we moved over to dinner, he literally just got up, moved the chair to where he was supposed to be for dinner. For kick line, he just walked back and forth with the chair. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was, it was, it was hysterical. So fucking funny. We had to fudge a lot of the show. Savannah, who played Frank, my partner, did the introduction from Sweet Tea by standing on top of our castmate Kristen's car, and like she used the car as the runway, and like walked down the the windshield and onto the hood and then onto the ground. Adam. Our ex-cast member, now recently rejoined, was Eddie. He actually brought his sax and played the Hoppatootie sax solo. We had to do a lot of different things for the show, but it was so fun. I was Riff, and I wore a traffic cone on my head for the end of the show because of TakeOver. <laughs> I used literally just finger guns instead of the death ray. Like, it was as DIY. It, was, it, it reminded me of, like, 70s, 80s Rocky Horror. You know, when oh, they bet. didn't have, they just used what was ever at the theater. Yeah. And that's exactly what we did. And it was absolutely wonderful. I would love to perform there all the time, forever. It took forever and a day to get out there, but it was just such a fantastic location. The staff was incredible. If anyone is listening to this and you're in the New York City metropolitan area, make a point to go to Skyline Drive-In because it is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful experience. Do it. Very nice. Also, my dick wasn't big enough this week. I also got the march in this year's New York City Pride Parade just yesterday. That's Sunday the 27th for those in the future. And whew, we got an email Saturday morning around 3 a.m. saying, we want to invite you to this year's Pride Parade. Don't tell anyone. And we were Ominous. like, we were like, what? I mean, okay. And the email was phrased as if we were, like, doing them a favor. So me, Meg, and Eric were like, well, we have to. Like, everyone wants to do it. The kicker was that we were only able to invite a certain amount of people, and our cast is pretty big. Thankfully, it worked out because of the really short notice. Not a lot of people were available, but we were able to scrounge up most of the cast. We showed up at uh, around 11 a.m., only had to wait about an hour because... Naturally, this Pride March was much smaller compared to other Pride Marches because of COVID, and it was very last minute. But it was a great time. We weren't we weren't shoulder to shoulder in the 93-degree heat like we usually are. We kind of had our own block to just kind of hang out and relax before the march. And everyone who actually knew that the march was happening and was there brought the same exact energy that they do every year. So much love and acceptance and rallying and partying. And we actually got on TV this time, oh. which was really cool. You can see us in the background doing the time warp as we do, while some random person is getting interviewed about his nonprofit, which is really funny. So I was riffed two nights in a row. 
I was riffed for the 9 p.m. drive-in show, and then I had to wake up at 8 a.m. to get ready to go to the Pride March again as riff. So it was a very hot and sweaty weekend, but it was worth it. It really felt great to kind of be back to that same routine of Rocky taking over my weekends, and I wouldn't have changed it for the world. Like, I love doing the Pride Parade. It's a fantastic event. You can really feel that energy from the crowd, and they did not skimp out on that energy just because we have been inside for the past year and a half. If anything, it was more explosive because of that. I mean, I bet, right? Like, again, I wish I had made it to this one too, but like, oh, I'm so excited. We'll get, we'll get there very soon. I will get to get to enjoy our Rocky family very, very soon. And I mean, as far as the parade, like at this point, Rocky Horror is practically like an iconic staple at Pride events, right? We're, we're almost a mascot. I mean, people always recognize the characters and they, they want their photo with Frank or Magenta or like whoever, right? How long has the New York cast been doing Pride? Since it started or? What, <laughs> what the fuck just happened? I, I think you asked a question. And that means it's time for Nikki Asks a Question. No, but I I didn't... You asked, <clears throat> how long has New York been doing the Pride Parade? No, but that's not a Nikki Asks a Question. That's a, a question question. Sorry, the transition music has spoken. Whatever, it's Pride Month anyway. Let's get all festive up in this bitch. Let's talk Pride. Sure. So... We'll just, we'll just knock this out right at the top. To answer your question in short, no, the New York cast has not been at all of the Pride Parades since the beginning. Uh, that would be impossible, as the first New York Pride Parade was in 1970, right? That's a few years before Rocky would premiere as a stage show. And in 1970, it wasn't so much a parade as a march, and it was to commemorate the Stonewall riots from a year earlier. If you aren't aware of Stonewall, well, A... Pay attention more in history. And B, just so we're on the same page, the Stonewall Riots took place in New York City's Greenwich Village on June 28, 1969. Nice. They were a response by members of the gay community following a police raid on the Stonewall Inn Bar where the cops attempted to arrest all 200 patrons of the bar for basically failing to provide an ID or for being dressed in women's clothes, which was a crime in, you know, draconian 1969. I feel I can speak for all of Rocky Talkie when I say... A cab. Seriously. So, a year later, gay rights was starting to make waves as a national topic. And the first New York Pride March was organized much in the same vein as the suffragette and American civil rights movements. The New York Times reported that the marchers of that first event in 1970 took up the entire street for about 15 blocks. This was only three years before Rocky Horror would premiere as a stage show. I mean, it really puts into perspective just how transgressive it was for the period when it was released. In 1973, the year Richard O'Brien first did the Time Warp, that was the same year that the American Psychiatric Association and a bunch of other worldwide organizations finally removed homosexuality from the list of mental illnesses. Which, can we take a moment with that? Richard and Jim Sharman and all the other creative minds created this piece of theater that is so unapologetic about its characters and their motivations and desires and sexuality. It's difficult to grasp, and I doubt any of us really can, as none of us lived through this period, just how out there it was. We see the complaints a lot today. Rocky isn't all that modern or has questionable elements. 
This is the rebuttal. Rocky, the stage show, released only a year after Twin Peaks Tavern, a gay bar in San Francisco, finally was able to have clear windows. Right. I mean, the porno Deep Throat released as a box office smash that same year. So straight smut hits the mainstream and Jack Nicholson and Johnny Carson can talk about it in the tabloids and how into this porno chic that they are. And meanwhile, the gay community can finally sip beers without blackout curtains. That's the culture that Rocky was created in. No wonder it became a huge icon for the gay community. It was another push toward mainstream acceptance, another small step on the long road that continues to this day. And a few short years later, in 1975, the year that the Rocky Horror Picture Show released in theaters, California and several other states finally decriminalized homosexuality, though the number of states to do so is still in the single digits at this point. By 1979, that's the 10-year anniversary of the Stonewall Riots, you have Rocky exploding into the cult sensation that we all know and love. You have the birth of the fan club, audience participation, and shadow casting, the whole thing. So as Rocky explodes into the zeitgeist, you also see the community starting to intermingle with all these events for the gay and alternative communities all throughout the early 80s. Out in Pasadena, California, you have the Duda Parade, more akin to a carnival than a civil rights march, where you see a lot of California casts participating every year all the way up to today. So to get back to your question, I'm not exactly sure what year the New York cast started doing the New York Pride Parades. But I do know that we haven't missed an event in at least the last 10 years, and I'm fairly confident we made appearances long before the mid-2000s. We reached out to uh, Tom and Ashley Amici, they were the cast directors for New York City before Meg and Eric took over the reins, and they recalled that we definitely did the parade on and off during the early 2000s. I mean, I can certainly attest to that. I think one of the first big events that I ever did with the New York cast was the Pride Parade, and it was probably in 2006 or 2007. I remembered because I was living in Hell's Kitchen in the middle of Manhattan at the time, just a few blocks away from where the parade route was, and I had suggested or offered to the cast that, oh no, you can you can come over to my apartment and using it as a staging area. I'll I'll make sure there's beer and whatever else. Don't worry about it. So the morning comes, everybody hauls their ass over to my tiny little apartment in the East 50s of Manhattan, and they come in, and the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, all right, where's the beer? And me, being like a 19-year-old kid, looks at them and goes, what? A, I can't buy beer, and B, it's 11 o'clock in the morning. What are you talking about? Aaron now has a really different perspective on that one. Aaron now really understands why they were so disappointed that they didn't actually go get any beer. Oh my god. Aaron then was kind of an asshole. Aaron hmm. then? Yeah. Hey! Hi! <laughs> so yeah, so that was one of my first experiences. I mean, it was the only time I ever did the Pride Parade because, like, honestly, I love the parade. It was so much fun, but I really do not like walking and walking and walking and walking for hours on end. Like, I got my fill of doing parades in high school with marching band. Nah, I'm good. I'm good on parades. <laughs> But the New York Pride Parade is iconic. I love seeing photos every year. And honestly, I may have to do it again just, you know, to round it out. Yeah, we'll see in, in years as they come up. Uh, but 
Also, back to your question again, when you go back to old issues of the Transylvanian or some of the other fanzines, you do see accounts all throughout the 80s and 90s of casts all over the country that were participating in pride celebrations, parades, any kinds of things to interact uh, with the larger community. You see it all over the country. Cast participating in pride events, performing special shows, putting on theme nights, all the stuff we normally do dialed up to 11 and with as much rainbow glitter as possible. Don't joke about that. Just ask Rainer Burton. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I mean, at least with a parade, you know you'll sweat most of the glitter off long before it can become a hazard. Like, let me tell you about that. So going back to this year's parade, the really good thing about it is that first off, since it was still kind of considered hush-hush for a while, there were not a lot of people that were actually part of the march, which was really cool. So as a result, we weren't, as I said earlier, shoulder to shoulder when we were in holding. When we were there, we kind of had like an entire like two or three storefronts kind of basically to ourselves. It was a really easy process to check in, unlike in years past where you have to wait in line and sometimes they lose your stuff. Like we literally were just like, we're here with Rocky. And they were like, great, take this COVID screening. You passed. Great. Go sit somewhere. Basically, we were only there for an hour. Usually when we start marching, we have to, we're, we're held up for, you know, 25, 30 minutes. I think the longest that we stood around before we actually got moving was around like 10, 15 minutes. It wasn't that bad. The march itself was smaller than other pride marches that we've been a part of. It was only a little over a mile as opposed to the usual like mile and a half, mile 75 that the pride march traditionally is. So it was a lot shorter, but the crowd was just as excited. There was also, at least a positive for us, there were breaks in the crowd. So like when we went into major areas, like especially around Fifth Avenue and the closer that we got down into the Greenwich Village area from Chelsea, it got gayer and gayer. But there were there were pockets of just like emptiness. Like there were no there were very little people to interact with. There was very little cheering, anything like that. So we just kind of walked. Obviously, we walked with purpose and we walked with excitement, but we just kind of walked. And that was really nice to do. I think my personal favorite interaction with the spectator, one of our old cast members, Ella, brought her kid. And her kid is a trained dancer and gymnast. And obviously, she stole the show. So she was like doing flips and cartwheels and all that stuff. Uh, and there was this one point where she did some like backhand spring shit or whatever. And I, being the silly jokester that I am, I looked at one of the patrons who was like clapping applauding her and i looked at her point i was like i can't compete with that shit i'm almost 30 and she was like don't be shy try it so like i did some dumb shit on the ground uh, <laughs> that was not even close to what ella's child had done and obviously everyone was laughing at me and i was like it's because i'm wet and this like super gay guy was like yeah you are honey and it was hysterical everyone was laughing it was a great time <laughs> But That's there were so awesome. many times I was able to go up to somebody and, like, compliment their outfit and be like, bitch, you understood the assignment today. And they were like, so did you. It was great. We had so many people be like, let's do the time warp again. And every single time someone said that we had to stop and do it, you know, kind of like back in the day at Disney when you would walk into the Toy Story area and somebody would say, Andy's coming, and everyone would drop to the floor. They can't do that now. But – we have to do the time warp every single time someone mentions it. So we would like stop and do it while we were moving and stuff. There were so many like good and memorable interactions. The logistics were great. 
aside from the fact that it was extremely last minute. But I don't really think that that was like the NYC pride people's faults. I think it was just, it was a super stressful situation. They did the best with the time that they had. It was super easy getting in. It was super easy getting out. There was no checkout process. We just kind of spilled out into the Christopher Street area. And then we just kind of went on our own way. We had a person that was designated that kept us kind of on track. They stood in front of us and kind of walked backwards to make sure that we weren't going into another area, like another group's part in the parade. We had our own area. Like it was surprisingly, despite the fact that they only had like 48 hours to put everything together, basically, it was kind of more organized than previous pride parades. <laughs> like, and I know that the logistics must have been crazy on the organizer's end. Everything was super hectic from what I could tell, but they pulled it off. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I got a small glimpse into this just overhearing Meg's phone calls with the, the organizers as they were kind of, you know, coordinating the beginning of this. Several months ago, they'd reached out about doing a virtual event for Pride Weekend, right? And they wanted to see if New York wanted to do, you know, some video or something. But they really weren't sure what the idea was. They really didn't have a ton of response from the community and, like... We weren't even really sure what we were, what we could offer them for it. We just done, you know, three or four months ago, I guess five or six now, the the virtual show that New York did, you know, we that's so much work. Doing another big video thing was kind of out of our wheelhouse, so we we weren't sure if we were going to be able to do anything for Pride this year. But then, like you said, you know, they just reached out and said, hey. We're going to try and coordinate this. We've got two weeks to do it. The city says it's okay, finally. And they want a pride parade. So we're going to give them a pride parade. And oh, by the way, it's going to be on TV this year. Something that we haven't done in other years. So yay. So Meg's trying to coordinate with this woman who's like getting shuffled all around the city just on her phone. And is like, I don't care what the names of the people you just show up with people and march in the parade. It's fine. Don't worry about it. We will get the logistics sorted out when we get them sorted out. So they just threw it together completely off the cuff. And like, I'm pretty sure nobody knew what was going on. Uh, but it sounds like they made it work, and it sounds like they scrambled and scrambled and scrambled and put on an awesome event. Yeah, props to them, seriously. But I mean, hey, that's what they're good at. That's also what Rocky people are good at, right? You tell us to do a show or a parade or a whatever, and we've got only a day or two to throw it together? Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> Tell me about it. You know, my cast, we really wanted to return to theme nights because we haven't been able to since we reopened from COVID. And we thought that enough time had passed and we felt comfortable enough that we could do it. And because it was June, our leadership thought that doing a Pride Night would be the best idea. We've never done one. This was our first annual and it was so incredible. I can't even begin to tell you. So many people came. Like we had a line out the door and everyone was dressed in Pride gear and uh, dressed in their own representative flags and it was just so nice to see just like a sea of rainbow in the audience and like all different like identities and variances it was just like such a safe place and it was so nice and so cute and the audience had such an incredible energy they were so lively we had so many virgins and the whole show was just absolutely insane like there wasn't a moment that the audience wasn't going crazy uh, I was lucky enough to be able to play Janet and we all like doctored up our costumes to match our pride flags. And it was just like such a good show. I really want to go back. Like, I really can't even begin to express how incredible it felt to like be on that stage in that environment and have just like this lovely audience around you. It was just like such so accepting and so fun. And I loved it for floor show. 
we had rainbow boas and we wore our pride flags like capes and everyone on our floor show line was a different identity so we all had different flags and I thought that was just like the neatest thing it was such a good time and it really got me in a really good mood for pride month it's the most magical time of the year I think we can all agree with that I uh I guess that wraps us up wrap up this dick (sighs) happy pride everyone Happy Pride. Happy Pride. And that's our show. We want to thank Gretchen for shouting us out and sharing her awesome story. Please check out her TikTok if you get a chance. We've got it linked in our show notes for you. If anyone has a question they'd like us to answer on air for Nikki Asks a Question or some community news they'd like us to talk about or even just a cool story to share with the community, we'd love to include it on our show. Just go to our website, rockytalkypodcast.com and fill out our contact form to tell us about it. If you're enjoying Rocky Talkie, please help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the show. It makes the podcast more accessible to new listeners, which really helps us grow the show. And if you want even more Rocky Talkie content, check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, all at Rocky Talkie Podcast. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye! Bye-bye. Bye! All right, kick, no. kicking off global news this week. I'm going to kick you in the global news. Oh, my God. Well, actually, that's that's probably more accurate. I just read down because we're starting off this week with a bit of sad news. John stole my line. Well, go pick up your <laughs> line and then oh, do your fuck next you. one. I'm, okay. I'm not paying. It is so fucking hot in here. You're like, okay. Invest in tiny Rocky gear for your little pals. Trust me, it will not disappoint. And I mean, hey, do it for the gram. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how. To, is, am I speaking like the millennials? <laughs> do it for the gram. Community news. I make that joke every fucking week. I need to get better material. Yeah, you should. Yeah. First up in community moves. First <laughs> community moose. Sorry. Okay. Oh, ew. That one's sorry. nice job, Nikki. So nice sorry. job. Anyway. <laughs> what, like DVDs and shit? Yeah, when you say it like that, it doesn't quite capture the magnitude of all the info they've added. They've got the full box art and all the deets for what seems like every single Super 8 VHS and Laser Dick ver- <laughs> Laser Dick, anyway. Nice. And Laser Dick version of Rocky anyone has ever been able to own. They've got the full box art and all the deets for what seems like every single Super 8 VHS and Laser Dick <laughs> Why can't I say that? Okay. Talk about the drive-in show. You know you want to. Shut up. Shut your mouth. (laughs) And that's it. Yeah, I pushed stop. Boop.